If history were taught in the form of stories, it would never be forgotten. Rudyard Kipling. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee S's. What is your favorite thing about modern science fiction? I'm enjoying the blending of technology and magic. There's like a science behind a magic, but it's being used to fuel and do things that science is limiting mankind as right now. For me, I really like modern sci-fi in the kind of potential that it shows for our future and where the world could go with the technology that's starting to emerge. So much of the technology we're seeing nowadays is a reflection of fantasy sci-fi back in the day. How many things do we have today that were almost solely based off of things we saw in Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Nerds grew up watching people with tricorders and then invented the smartphone. I'm firmly convinced that the tricorder is this thing in my pocket right here. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) So you've made it through the entire history of the entire world. From the beginning of this month, we're talking about prehistory and how stories helped form humans and who they are, all the way through superheroes, which is the latest new thing that's brought to storytelling. And now we're talking about how humanity sees the future, what the future could be if we accessed our imagination and just became it. So science fiction has always been a look at science and the future. So we talked about this a little bit in our monster fiction and how that was just the very beginning of science fiction as we know it. And then you had science fiction through films and movies. But we're going to really focus on it in this episode. Science fiction, futuristic and dystopian kind of stories where we're looking toward the future to see what will come. And Star Trek was one of the more hopeful outlooks on this. It was created to show a benevolent society who is now reaching across the entire universe. Then you have more grim looks at the future, something like 1984, where this is what humanity could be if the wrong people start to and get in charge. And then, of course, you have the middle ground. It's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different, like The Giver. On top of science fiction, this idea of dystopian science fiction, you also have dystopian futures like The Hunger Games where it is kind of a regression in a lot of technology for some people, but other people have a lot of it. So some sci-fi, especially the dystopian versions, you see a lot of the political commentary, like Hunger Games or Fahrenheit 451. These ones don't always take place on Earth, as compared to things like The Time Machine by Wells or The Matrix. These stories are how the storytellers imagine the future to be on Earth, as compared to things like The Giver doesn't take place in this world as we know it by any means. There's something fundamentally unrecognizable about the world. There is no Statue of Liberty covered in ice. So we're blending a little bit with this sci-fi and futuristic 
but all of these have similar impacts on storytelling. Especially the dystopian has this new genre emerging of alternate history. The what ifs. I mean, Marvel is currently doing a what if of their own fictional history. What if something in that creation was different? Of course, the classic example of alternate history is The Man in the High Castle. What if World War II had ended differently? Technically, these stories fall into the sci-fi category. A lot of them feel very fantasy, but it's a new world outside of this one. A lot of Blade and Terminator, these types of stories are, what if this one thing about the world was different? Here's how the entire world was different. Another impact that these kinds of stories have, especially in the young adult dystopian genre, are female leads. You get a lot of women, teenage girls, becoming the heroes of a story. Prior to this moment in storytelling, a lot of your heroes were male, especially your superheroes. If your superhero was female, she was sexualized big time. With this advent of dystopian type storytelling, especially YA, females are taking the reins and being the heroes, and all the men are kind of taking a back seat. You're also starting to see a bit of youth. Someone who is too young to be taking on the burdens of the world, having to be the hero. So this person is 15, 16, 17 years old, and all of a sudden the whole world relies on them. Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, these characters aren't teenagers by any means. But we have younger and younger heroes in this dystopian type writing. Along with seeing younger protagonists, especially in the YA, because this was very popular in YA, you see the common theme of your chosen one. Your teenager is finding their place in the world and at the head of the rebellion. Rebellion is kind of key for this genre of storytelling. There's a societal struggle against what is normal in order to make your place in the world. Almost everyone graduates from college with a plan of how they're going to change the world, how future generations are going to learn their name. That comes with changing the world at its core. So, in order for that to be seen as a good thing, the world at its core needs to be seen as a bad thing. So, almost all of your dystopian stories take place in a post-apocalyptic where there's no government or some kind of ultra-controlled government where there's no freedom. You're seeing this government and therefore the world is the bad guy and your lone hero standing against them to start the rebellion. On the flip side of this, if you're not going dystopian, if you're just looking at a more optimistic future, you can have closer to Star Trek, where you have the United Federation of Planets that's supposed to be working for the betterment of the universe, for all people. And it's a very kind of utopian idea, at least how Star Trek started. Yeah, it was very important to Roddenberry to make it so the villain wasn't the government. 
the Prime Directive and all of that were in place to help the characters explore, not make them conquerors. But if your government is the villain, there are a couple of popular options that you might want to choose from. And you'll see a lot of this in the genre, especially dystopian, where you're seeing different kinds of government control. Autocracy is one of the main ones where you have a single person in complete control over this segment of the world. If you're not going quite so villainous, you could go the technocracy or the scientocracy route, which is where technology and science rule the day. And all of the government's decisions are made by either an AI or the scientifically best option. Kind of opposing that, you can have a theocracy where it is a religious organization that is also in control of the government. If we look at the world's history, this usually created a lot of problems. Another form of government that I think would be fairly interesting to see is a sophocracy. Think that's how it's pronounced? <laughs> it's the political rule by philosophers. I feel like this would be a really good system for a government that started out trying to be benevolent, but human corruption came into play. It's been a long time since I've read The Giver, but part of me thinks that this is how that dystopian world got set up. So overall, that is one of the biggest themes in this futuristic outlook, is looking at the what-ifs of our world today. What if we have a benevolent AI take over and rule our world? What if we have a malicious AI take over and rule the world? What if the world is ruled by science without human feeling? What if human feeling is ruled without any science backing it up? If you're looking to write a futuristic story, it's all about the what-ifs. A classic example of this what-if idea is steampunk. What if electricity or the internal combustion engine didn't take off nearly as much as steam-powered engines did? This whole culture of kind of sci-fi, kind of fantasy, futuristic storytelling takes place around what if technology and the Industrial Revolution leaned this way instead of that. So this might be an interesting exercise for you and your writing club to look at the world around you and think, what if? What would the world look like if... 90% of humanity was all male or female. What would the world look like if cars went out of style and everyone decided to go back to horses? What would the world look like if? And share with each other, brainstorm with each other, and then create your own world from that. And most importantly, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>